When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Miss Meredith Marks. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you today. Kind of virtually. Welcome (laughs) back virtually. We have to stop meeting like this, Meredith. (laughs) Well, we have the in-person meetings too, actually. You're, You're one of the few I actually get to see in person and virtually. I love it. Listen, I always prefer it in person, but you're in LA. I'm in New York. I understand you weren't going to fly to New York just to sit down with me. So, you know, I'll take what I can get. (laughs) How are you today? I mean, your sophomore season, right? Yeah, sophomore season. um, Almost to the midpoint, not quite, but we're, we're getting there and it's all rolling along and I'm, you know, Hanging in there for now. (laughs) I mean, having been through this process, the whole process now once, like, how was that? Like, how is this season different for you having kind of a whole season under your belt? Um, I think it's probably more different for me than anybody else. Like most, I think pretty much everybody on my cast was a very avid um, Housewives watcher prior to the show. And I was not, I had never seen Housewives. So I, um, you know, had just watched a little bit before we filmed season one to try to get a gauge of what I was in for. I definitely did not watch enough um, because I didn't fully understand the whole process. 
And now I, I get it. Um, it took me, you know, a little time to warm up in the second um, season. I, you know, I had started off not in a very good, on a very good note with um, losing my father the night, uh, the first night of filming. And so, um, you know, I was on top of sort of having this new knowledge of, of what's happening. I also was a little bit ill-equipped to deal with it this season because um, I was a little bit of emotional mess, you know? Which is understandable. I mean, did any part of you think of just not continuing? You know, like that's a lot to deal with in general, the loss of a parent, especially on the first day. Yeah, it's interesting because I, um, you know, that luncheon um, where I went to meet uh, Mary, Heather and Whitney was two days after I lost my father. And really the day, the first day I spent the entire day in bed crying and absolutely miserable. And, you know, when they called and said, would, would I go to lunch and whatever, um, I really, I wanted to, I wanted to get out. I couldn't just sit and, and sulk. And um, so, yeah, I, I, it's, no, I really didn't think about it because I thought, this is reality. You'll follow what happens. It might not be the most like light and uplifting and entertaining person for a little bit, but you know, eventually I'll pull it back together. And that that's, you know, that's grieving. That's mourning. It's all part of life. So I, I was okay with it. And sometimes it helps to get out. Right. And just not think about it for Absolutely. a minute. I, I have to like, I'm an oddly very emotional person. Like I can't explain it. I'm very good at pushing the emotion aside, but when I'm sitting and stewing, I just start crying. Like I, my kids make fun of me. They're like, oh my God, you're going to cry at everything. Cause I do, you know? And so that's why I push so much out. And I sort of try to not deal with things because I don't want to be so emotional about stuff. So yeah, for me to be able to kind of sweep that under the rug for a little bit and go do something else, of course, I'm going to take it. That's just so in my nature trying to get better at not doing that, but it is definitely a big part of me. You're preaching to the choir because I'm, I'm a Gemini. I'm great about <laughs> push the emotions down or keep them to the side and you don't need to access them. Do you think that's a misconception about you? Just that, you know, you're disengaging and you're able to just kind of, you know, remain stoic at times. Yeah. I think that sometimes people think that I'm like very cold and, uh, it's actually kind of the opposite. It's that I I know that if I go there, I will get so emotional that that's my way of kind of just turning it off so that I don't go there, get so emotional, and then do something that I really will regret, you know? Because when, when we talk out of emotion, we say things that a lot of times we don't even mean and you can't take words back. You can't. The damage is done. You can apologize. You can try to make it better. You, you know, there's a lot you can do to mitigate it, but you can't make it go away. That is true. Do you feel you've changed like as a person from like season one to now having a whole second season under your belt? And like, if so, how? Yeah, I, I, I really, I mean, 
Seth and I have a very unusual circumstance from, you know, Housewives, probably from any reality television, and that I, I honestly do think that the show really, truly did help save our marriage. It not only helped in, in that way, but it helped me in such a level of um, personal growth and development, because part, when I say that it saved our marriage, it's because it forced us to deal with the issues and communicate and not do exactly what I did do with my father dying, you know? Um, and, uh, and so I have to look internally on a daily basis. I have to think about the way I say things, how they're going to be perceived because, you know, when we communicate and it's not under such a high level of analysis, we say things flippantly all the time. And, don't think of how they are really open to interpretation or how the recipient of the statement is going to, you know, interpret it. And you realize like people are sensitive, you know, I don't read that far into statements people make to me normally. Like that's just not my nature, but I think most people do. I think most people are like, well, did she really mean this or did she really mean that? And Usually I just mean it at face value, you know, it's very rare that I'm putting stuff out there that I'm, you know, have some underlying deep seated meaning to once in a while. Sure. But generally speaking, no, usually I'm just saying what I want to say. You're like, don't read too much into it. How nice is it to like pay it forward? Like, I mean, that scene to me stood out like between you and Jenny, like when Jenny, like with the fish is telling you guys about like her, you know, marriage and it's having trouble and you're like, listen, you know, therapy is your friend, you know, is that nice to be able to pay it forward? Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, you know, I guess everybody has their own reasons for doing this. For me, it's, you know, a combination of, um, you know, growing my business, of course, like I'd be an idiot not to. And, um, and trying to have, do something like positive in this world, get good messages out there, whether it's about uh, raising awareness for issues that I think are important, or if it's about giving someone some level of comfort that you have been through what they're going through and it's okay. Um, so yeah, hearing Jenny sit in a tough space for me and, you know, with us not knowing each other all that well at that point in time and having her feel very comfortable speaking to me, it made me feel great, you know, because I felt like, okay, you know, I think she's kind of disclosing this to me because she knows what I went through and, you know, otherwise I don't think she would have confided in me with it because like, you know, we didn't at that point know each other all that well. How do you think she fits into this group? I think that she inserts herself right in there, which everyone would agree with. Um, you know, the, the group is interesting because there's such a flow and, and dynamics in these friendships and relationships. And, um, you know, one day two people are friends, the next day they're not. This one, you know, it's very complicated and a lot of the friendships and relationships within the group I personally don't quite understand the dynamics in it which is fine I don't need to that's their friendship but I don't you know and so that's for me can, sometimes can be a little bit complex when you know you don't really get the relationship but um you know she kind of gets right in there and and it's it's a complicated place to get right in there because like I said it's like a kind of ever-evolving 
um, group of relationships that are in flux, like constantly and having been in it, I still don't get it. So like, that's a challenge for Jenny, you know? It's hard, to, it's hard to come into a group that's already kind of the train is moving. Well, yeah. I think she's been so open and honest, like I said, like about her marital issues, you know, so to me has married, like, what do you think, you know, like speaking of like, you know, you and Seth are in such a great place now and like the show actually helped when like someone like Mary says, you know, like there's Robert Sr. And I would love to change everything about him. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mary's dynamic with Robert is, um, it's an unusual marriage. It's not the thing that you hear every day. Um, it's worked for them for a long time. And if it's not working anymore, they need to make some changes to make it so that it does work. And what that means, I can't answer. That's, you know, something they probably at this point in time may not even be able to answer. You know, it's something that takes time to work through and figure out. And, you know, it's not all that different from Seth and I, you know, we had to really take time apart to figure out how to make it work together, you know, and it sounds like that's kind of the space they're in right now, because it sounds like they're having doing better when they're apart. And, and maybe it's not meant to be, I don't know, I can't answer that that's up to them. But um, sometimes it's you have to take a step back, regroup, take a look at the relationship, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? What's working for me? What's not get rid of what's not see if you can keep what is and if you can't, then you got to move on. Totally. Do you think Mary is misunderstood amongst the viewers? I think more so last season than this season. I think people are starting to understand her a lot more. I think that, um, I think a lot of people were very put off by her marriage because it, it is unusual and it was something that they hadn't heard of. Um, and so I think that like it almost, they almost like attached a stigma to it. You know what I'm saying? And so they went, they didn't kind of like go in with open arms to her and they sort of were shut down and closed off. And, and, and she takes a minute to get your head around because she's um, probably the most present individual I've ever met in terms of, I mean, I know she fell asleep at reunion. That's not what I mean. You know, I mean, in terms of emotionally present, um, you know, she, she says what she's feeling in the moment and she's can be sometimes brutally honest and it can be harsh, you know, and, but, and, and sometimes she's feeling that in the moment, but she doesn't really mean it. And then it slips out because she's feeling it. And that's just who she is and how she says it. And, you know, you have to have a little bit of thick skin. You have to understand that that's like how she's feeling at that moment. It doesn't mean that that's how she really feels about you. And um, so I, I think it takes people a minute to understand her and who she is. I, I would agree with that. I feel like I understand her more just from watching this season. Recently, we had this scene, you know, where you were at Lisa's event and Cam came up to you and, you know, said he was in Mary's church and now he's not and he suffered harm and beware. You know, you seemed really upset from that scene, Meredith. I was extremely shaken up from that scene. Um, I just like, it was a lot for me. I, I it, it, you know, 
I didn't understand what he was trying to say exactly, but I felt like I kind of knew that it was just not real positive. And um, it was just very, very uncomfortable and, and rattling because I had never met him before. Um, you know, I, and I didn't really understand, like, what was the message, you know? And, and then, I mean, it's, it's terribly sad that he, you know, that he passed shortly, you know, thereafter, a few months later. And that's just like kind of crazy. And, and then as you learn about some of that stuff, you know, it's not my story to tell, but he, he did have a medical condition that could um, potentially impair his perception of reality. And I'm not saying it was, I can't speak for him. I can't say that it was, but I also can't say that it wasn't knowing about that condition. And so, you know, as I start to digest everything and think it through, I'm like, I, I gotta drop this. Like these are cryptic comments from someone who potentially may not be a very reliable source, not because he's a bad person, but because he, he had a condition. And, um, and so, you know, it was, it was really very difficult for me to hear that stuff, especially just like from someone I just met at Lisa's kids party. And it was, it was just a lot. It was so unexpected. And um, yeah, I was blindsided. I mean it seemed like a lot and it seemed like you were blindsided. What about, you know, and I'm not coming for Mary, like all this stuff that's always out there that her uncle Ernest says, you know, she's running a cult, you know, like I'm sure you've seen this stuff all over online. Yeah, I've seen some of it. I'm sure there's a lot more than what I've seen because, you know, I, I only pay so much attention. I'll be honest. Cause there is so much stuff being put out there by everybody and, you know, so some of it, I see some of it. I don't, I have seen some of it. Um, you know, I don't know what to say to any of it. I really don't. I mean, you, you'll, you'll see, um, how Mary responds to this stuff at some point in the future. Um, and at, at some level, you know, I mean, look, people call, and I'm not going to pick and choose, but people call a lot of religious organizations cults and, I, I can't answer you. I, you know, if, if people are there against their will or doing things by coercion that are against their will, things like that, yes, that is a problem. If they're afraid to leave for their safety and well being, yes, 100%, that's a problem. I, I haven't seen it. Like anyone can label anything. You know, you can, you can say it's whatever you want. You could say that, uh, you know, our, Political parties, a cult. I don't know anything. Anyone can say anything. Show me why you're saying this. Give me something concrete because those are big statements to make. You know, that's her, her family. It's her business. It's her faith. And if it's true, yeah, that's horrible. But just to label it doesn't, it doesn't hold water for me. Everybody's so busy labeling. Tell me why you're saying it. And then we have a conversation. I, I would agree with all that. People have a label for everything. So like when you read that or like when Cam is there and that scene that right, like that doesn't change your like opinion of Mary, like or anything like that. No, I mean, I'm definitely shaken up by it. You can see that I'm definitely rattled and upset. And 
of course I'm sitting there like, what is this guy talking about? Like, why is he saying these things, you know? And so it's very upsetting to me, but I, he doesn't say anything. It's very cryptic, you know, just saying, I know her really well and be careful. is just like confusing. It's like passive aggressive almost. I feel. Yeah, I mean, it's just confusing. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying that he had good or bad intent. I can't speak to that. I have no idea, you know, why this conversation evolved the way that it did. And maybe, maybe in some way, I almost feel like he was cryptic because I think he kind of got in over his head, you know, and didn't know what to say. I guess we'll see what happens, you know, down the road. And um, if he has more to say, or, you know, if he feels that he was trying to kind of backpedal and didn't really want to go there. I, I, I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. I have no idea. Well, we don't need to hear any spoilers. I don't want to get you in trouble or I don't want to get myself in trouble. <laughs> well, I truly don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, what about, you know, you said like, it seemed like it was out of left field. What about all of those people? I'm not saying it. All of those people online who are saying that, you know, this is Lisa, Lisa, set this up, made him, you know, it's a good friend of hers, wanted him to confront you partly because of this whole Google issue and the limo where Lisa just kind of wanted to say, Hey, Mary, like that is, that is out there. I'm not saying it, but people are saying like Lisa kind of set this whole thing up where like go and tell Meredith this. What do you say to that? Yeah. I mean, look, I can, I can see where it definitely could appear that way to somebody. Um, And, you know, I just, I find it hard to believe that someone I'm friends with would do something like that because I wouldn't be friends with somebody who would do that. So I just, you know, I, I don't know. I can't speak to what happened and, and exactly like why it unfolded the way it did and whatever else. Um, you know, Lisa said that Cameron's very involved with Foster Care Utah. She says that he sits on the board. So you know, I think that if you're doing a charity event with somebody who's on the board of that charity, you would invite them. So um, that, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be friends with Lisa if I thought that that's what she did. I wouldn't, like, I would not be friends with someone who I would think would set me up like that. So I just, I don't, I, I mean, I, I know, I get why people think it. I can understand that. But I also, if the man's sitting on the board of the charity, why wouldn't he be at the event? That makes sense. I think people also, because they're relaying that now to this whole thing with like the caterers and Angie and that scene with Whitney and they're saying, you know, Whitney says that was a set. I think that's adding to it. Like, I'm not I'm saying. sure, I'm sure. What yeah. happens when like a Whitney, I mean, Whitney and Lisa, are they just oil and water? I mean, should they just, I mean, look, they went for aerial aerobics they, they they tried should they just give it up are they just fundamentally different yeah yeah I mean I have like tried to you know individually push them both towards a peaceful spot together um and I'm sort of at the point myself where I feel that they should just try to coexist and not necessarily work on being friends let's just work on being in the same room and being nice to each other and and leave it at that for now because I just I think they're wired very differently I think they think very differently and I think there's already so much damage done that they're 
perception of the other is always going to be in the the worst space you know it's like you can say the same exact thing in the same exact tone of voice to three different people and they'll have three different perceptions of it and I feel like each of them is always going to think the worst because there's this history and this past between them so I feel like they just need to like take it back a hundred notches coexist for a bit maybe get to know each other a little bit better like at a distance and you know, down the road, see what happens. But I, I think them trying to make it work as friends so quickly when there was already so much like trauma between them, I, I think was just too much too fast for both of them. I think you're right. And like, not everyone needs to be best friends, right? No, why can't we just, I, this is what I always say. Why can't we just, some of us just coexist? Like we don't have to be enemies. We don't have to be friends. Clearly there are some issues, whether it's trust or you just don't really get along or, or you just don't like somebody, whatever it may be, we are in the same social circle and there is no reason we can't be pleasant and cordial to one another, um, you know, for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. What about your friendships? Like who have you grown closer to as a result of this season two, if anyone? I mean, really, I've grown closer, really, to to really everyone except for Jen and I. I think we definitely do not get closer. Uh, but I would say everybody at some level, you know, in different ways. Even, like, I know you're good friends with Lisa. Like, even Lisa, like, having gone through a hiccup for a minute. Well, I think, you know... Um, Friendships have layers and they're multifaceted and um, you have, you find different things about people as you get to know them, as you uh, engage in different types of situations with them. Um, you know, Lisa and I have been friends for a very long time, but we were really very, we were in a very like individual friendship where we didn't really interact with like, I barely know Lisa's friends. She barely knows mine. They're like, you know, acquaintance. Some of her friends are acquaintances of mine. Some of my friends are acquaintances of hers, but you know, really we're in different social circles. And so, you know, I'm learning how Lisa interacts with other people and how that impacts me and vice versa. She's learning the same. And so of course there are gonna be some bumps and that's how you get to know people better. And, you know, you work through it. I would agree with that. So do you think this whole situation with like Jen and Lisa kind of, you know, wanting to get you guys together and not necessarily 100% seeing your point of view, like, do you think that changed your relationship with her forever? Or is it just like you said, a bump in the road and we'll work through this? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a hard question. I mean, yeah, of course, at some level it changes forever because every piece of information that you learn about a person that shows you how they interact and engage and how they, you know, what, what how they define loyalty, how they define friendship, how they like to communicate, whatever it may be, all that stuff, of course, it impacts all of us, you know? And does it mean that Lisa and I can't be friends? Of course not. Of course we can be friends. We have been for a long time. You know, you just got to work through it and um, you know, I have to try to get a level of understanding for, you know, the choices that she made or at least acceptance, you know, maybe I won't ever understand it. That's okay. 
and vice versa, you know, she has her own issues with me that she has to work through and get to a level of understanding. Totally. It's friendship. That is friendship. What about, you know, every housewife I've ever spoken to, you know, when it comes to family and like, you know, I've, it's the same thing. It's like, we signed up for this show, like you signed up for it, you know, but my extended family didn't or the people I'm working with. So how, you know, how hard is that when, you know, here you are filming like right after what happened with your father and like your basic storyline right from the beginning. I mean, now the season is evolving. We're onto other things, but I mean, a lot of it involved Brooks. Like how hard is that, you know, as a mother, like to have this now be there? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's very difficult because as a mother, all you want to do is protect your children. And when you feel like, you know, I don't care. And I got a lot of people saying stuff like, oh, why didn't you care? All of us were talking about Brooks's sexuality and you never said a word about us. I don't know you. I couldn't care less what you're saying. You know, say what you want. I, I don't care. You're not my friend. And that's the question mark. Is Jen my friend? Because would my friend say that about my son knowing his struggle? And, um, you know, so I, it is what it is. It's, it was very difficult for me. Um, you know, it's hard enough to be in the limelight, to have your family in the limelight, to have strangers talking. And then when you have your, you know, friend adding fuel to the fire and it's about your, I hate to say child, but Brooks is my child, everybody. That will never change. Brooks Marks is the child of Meredith Marks. And when he is 90 years old and I'm still alive, <laughs> he will still be my child. <laughs> You'll obviously look at you, Meredith. I mean, you don't age. So come on. You're obviously still going to be alive when he's 90. The technologies, it'll all be good then. So you'll be alive. But yes. I hope I can still look good. <laughs> I am right there behind you. But yes, he is. That will always be the case. Yes. I mean, is that hard, right? Everyone has an opinion on it. Like when you're reading comments, like about your child, like that can't be, I mean, it's one thing if it's about you, like that can't be, but like you said, I guess you don't know those people you were able to brush it off. And it's more just like that. Jen is apparently supposedly your friend. Yeah. I mean, and that's part of why, like earlier when we were talking, I'm like, you know, uh, I don't read a lot of this stuff. Like we, you know, it, it's interesting because I think that um, the audience, they want to, they want to get involved on social media. They want us to communicate with them and that's fine. You know, it's fine um, to not agree with me by all means, like, uh, you know, no one is going to agree with you all the time. Like that's just not possible. Um, it's when it gets mean and ugly and nasty and below the belt and, and then we disengage. And so, you know, if you're looking to have us engaged with you and comments and things like that, and, you know, I'm not saying don't express your opinion, of course, express your opinion. But when you just are nasty and ugly, we're not going to engage with that. Like, bye. <laughs> That's what the block button is for, right? Exactly. And I never really had blocked anyone in my life until recently. And I'm like, you know what, if you're going to come on my feed, and write vicious, nasty things. No, bye. I don't need it. Not about me on my feed. Go write it somewhere else. Let me tell you, the block button is a wonderful thing. I've used it many a time myself. <laughs> you just move on. How, how is Brooks? 
Brooks is doing fantastic. He's finishing at NYU. He's working on his brand and developing um, some more, uh, a new collection. And, uh, you know, he's, he's really busy in his last semester of school and trying to, you know, get this company up and running and, and working his ass off. And, you know, again, contrary to public opinion, Brooks worked to save his own money, to start his own company. We didn't do anything for it. I've not given him a penny for his business. He's working his ass off to get it all done. I love the jacket. Uh, I love it. Yeah, it's fun. It's a lot it's of unique, fun. It's unique, right? Got, like, so, yeah, wait till you see though. I've only seen the drawings on the other stuff. You know, everyone's having supply chain problems now. I'm having them the whole you, know, you can't get green tea at Starbucks. I mean, you know, <laughs> everything is a little off right now. So it's taking a little bit of, of time for him to get the samples and everything, but the drawings look incredible. That's great. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm in such a good mood because I just got my new rain jacket, t-shirts, and sweaters in the mail from Tentry. Not only are these products fashion forward, but they're earth friendly. Tentry sells lots of different products, including clothing, underwear, outerwear, activewear, and more. What I love is that not only are these fashion forward, like I said, but everything they make is manufactured ethically and from materials that are either sustainably sourced or recycled. Besides being sustainable, Tentry clothing is so soft and so comfortable. I'm already wearing these t-shirts like all day and all night. Listen, for every item purchased from Tentry, they plant 10 trees. And this helps take carbon out of the air, replenish ecosystems, and it gives jobs to tree planters and communities around the world. Learn more about Tentry's planting mission and to grab some comfy, sustainable clothes, check out their website, www.tentry.com. And because you're listening to this podcast, use code VELVET to get 15% off your first order. That's www.tentree.com. Use code VELVET to get 15% off your first order. The holidays can be hectic, stressful, or downright uncomfortable. This holiday season, give the gift of comfort with Third Love, your one-stop shop for all the women in your life. Ultra soft loungewear for mom, fun sleepwear sets for your sister, premium activewear for friends, and luxe intimate sets for that special someone. Or treat yourself to Third Love. Get yourself the gift that you really want this holiday season. The best thing about Third Love is their fitting room quiz. It is such a detailed quiz in a good way that your bras, 
Underwear, loungewear, and activewear are bound to fit perfectly. Bras are available in exclusive half cups. Underwear, loungewear, and activewear is available in XS through 3X. Feeling is believing. Upgrade to everyday pieces that love your body as much as you do. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash velvet. That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash velvet. Staring into Zoom chats all day, talking to all of these housewives and celebrity guests for you guys, I became very self-conscious about my teeth, my smile, and my oral health. That's why I turned to Quip Electric Toothbrush. It's great because it has timed sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses to guide a dentist-recommended two-minute clean. The reason that's important is so many toothbrushes and electric toothbrushes are too abrasive. Trust me, I know. I used to use one. I also love the fact that in addition to the Quip electric toothbrush. Quip delivers fresh floss, toothpaste, mouthwash, gum refills, and all of that every three months from $5. Shipping is free so you can save money and skip the hustle bustle of in-store shopping. If you go to getquip.com slash velvet right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's first refill free at getquip.com slash velvet. That's spelled G-E-T- Q-U-I-P.com slash velvet. Quip. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I've gained the COVID-19 over the past two years, and I've literally tried everything to take the weight off, and nothing has worked. Everything has been a fad or a gimmick until now. Calibrate is not a diet or a quick fix product. That's why it's worked for me. It's a year-long commitment that gives you the tools to fight your biology. It's different because it's a comprehensive doctor-guided metabolic reset that promotes sustainable results through lifestyle changes. Your medical team includes doctors who assess your health in an initial 45-minute video visit, provide ongoing medical support, and prescribe GLB-1s as part of your one-year metabolic reset. Calibrate's earliest members lost an average of 14% of their body weight, which is so unbelievable to me. Your weight doesn't reflect your willpower. Get back in control with Calibrate. Get $50 off the one-year metabolic reset when you use promo code VELVET at jointcalibrate.com. That's $50 off when you use code VELVET at jointcalibrate.com. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check out betterhelp.com slash velvetrobe. You may not be feeling down and out and depressed or like you're at a total loss, but if your stress level is high, your temper is shorter than usual, or even if you're starting to feel strained in any of your relationships, you could probably use the chance to unload. Talk to someone who's completely unbiased and who's not going to judge you or take sides. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's a much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback. You'd be pretty surprised at what you might gain for it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and behind the Velvet Rope listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash velvet rope. Betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Well, you know, Lisa did make this. I'm not coming for Lisa. It sounds like I am. She made this comparison that, you know, 
she's just between the two of you, you know, like Jen and you just trying to make it all work. Like the same way you try to make say her and Whitney get along. You did point out like this involves your child. It's a little different. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Look, we have Lisa Vanderpump in the Housewives world. We have Bethany Frankel. Some people just don't admit they're wrong ever. And that's okay. I'm not judging them or apologize. As Lisa Barlow, just she, another Bethany who knows it all and just cannot apologize. Um, I don't know if I would take it to the level of saying she cannot apologize. Did I hear the analogy about my, you know, dynamic with her and Jen being the same as, you know, me with Heather or Whitney with her? ad nauseum over and over and over of hours and hours and hours and hours of conversation. And did it irritate the hell out of me? Absolutely. I don't think it's the same, but you know, that's why we are human. You know, as my, as my mother-in-law likes to say, some people like apples and others like oranges. (laughs) They do. Has anything putting Jen aside for a minute, has anything now that you've been through this twice, has anything like shocked you, you know, now that you've done two seasons, like with your castmates or about housewives, like, or at this point, you're just like, nothing shocks me anymore. Like, yeah, you said you never watched it really before. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's definitely a lot of like expect the unexpected. So is anything shocking? I mean, kind of, but no, you know, it's like you're, you're wait, always waiting for the next bomb to drop because, you know, we're all so different. And like I said, when we were first, you know, starting to talk, like I say something and I think there's no way anyone would interpret it in any way other than what I really mean. And then somebody does, you know, and then you're like, all of a sudden there's a huge fight breaking out and you don't even get it. You're like, wait, what (laughs) you know so um yeah I mean there's some surprise here and there but in my general view is expect the unexpected and you know even like down to Jen's arrest expect the unexpected like no of course on any given day you don't wake up thinking oh somebody uh, you know my social group is getting arrested today that would be not a thought I would think anyone wakes up to but probably not Expect the unexpected. Well, that day we've seen, you know, that first opening scene, like everyone heard about it around the world. So you weren't there that day at filming. Mm -hmm. You just slept in or you just weren't there yet. Yeah, I was just too lazy. I didn't feel like it. (laughs) You never know. There There may have been plenty of reasons I wasn't there. Well, yes, as the season goes on, do you think we're going to, I mean, hopefully we're going to see some of those, Meredith. I think you will. I think you will. Well, you you think we will? Of course. That's the whole point. (laughs) That is the whole point. Well, listen, you say that, you know, you say what you mean and you don't think how one word could be misinterpreted. But, you know, when you were on Watch What Happens Live... And you said to Andy Cohn, when he said, whatever he said, did you call the feds on Jen? You said, as I said, don't mess with my family. So did you call the feds on Meredith? Did you call the feds on Jen Shaw, Meredith? Oh my gosh. What do you think? (laughs) Oh, Seth just walked in. Hi, honey. (laughs) Tell Seth hello. If Seth would like to say hello to everyone, I'm not going to argue. I'll take you want to come say hi? I'm on with David Young to both give me your product. Did you, did you plan that just so you don't have to answer this question? Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, whoops. I can't hear you. Hold on. Sorry. You're still on my AirPod. 
We love a visit by Seth. Okay, we got you. He was just bringing me lunch. Hey. How nice is that? How are you? That is nice. You're bringing her lunch. How is LA doing, Seth? Oh, we love it. I love it. I want I want to live here full time. You guys need to be there half the time. You need to be in New York the other half the time and then Salt Lake a little bit, right? But that's sort of like what I, I want to work on is a third, a third, a third, or a quarter, a quarter, a quarter, and then a quarter of travel. That's, I, listen, I am- LA, Salt Lake travel. I am so there in life too. I mean, I, I would never not call New York my home, but same thing, like LA, Florida, New York, and then travel. Totally get it. Where, where are you? Where's home for you, David? New York City. So I'm in, I'm in Chelsea. Nice. That's the other weird thing lately. I'm like, maybe I should move uptown. Like if you told me when I was in my 20s that I would ever want to move to the Upper East Side, I would have told you you were insane. Now it's like, <laughs> I'm starting to think uptown is nice. Like Chelsea, you still love I, downtown? You love both. Like, I don't think you can go wrong, you know? You can't. Listen, New York will always be one of the best cities. No question about that. How are you doing, Seth, now that it's season two? Are you, have you adjusted to this new life yet? Uh, I don't know. It's, you know, it's the new normal. I don't, I think it's still defining itself, but what, where do you look when you're, do you look, you look at, in the camera? Okay. You're looking, you're looking pretty much right at me. Have you never been on a Zoom? <laughs> no, you're on it's, Zoom's but all day there's live. so many screens open. So <laughs> it's, um, the first season was raw AF, right? We were we were having relate major league relationship issues, and so that was tough. The second, and then never having been on a reality show, not knowing what to expect, um, so that was. I think for me, I'm a what you see is what you get. I'm a see something, say something guy. I'm that old expression, you know, live the truth, talk the truth. It's so much easier to remember that shit. So like my truth sometimes isn't for everybody. And in the first season, it wasn't even for me. So the second season, I'm more of the class clown that I grew up as. And, you know, that also isn't for everybody, but it's definitely for me. <laughs> but I, I think that's why people related to you guys, because you weren't trying to sweep that under the rug or pretend, you know, like so often I think we see couples on reality TV that seem just so happy. And then you hear about something like, after the fact, like we just watched the whole season. We didn't see any of this. So I think that's like, as a viewer, I think that's what really drove people that you were just like, listen, this is what marriage is people. Like if you want the reality of a marriage, unhappy. (laughs) no manufactured storyline hair, zero. That's what I liked. I mean, Yes. Did you get questioned? Because, you know, people are always saying that's a manufactured storyline. That's a manufactured storyline. Did people come after you and say things like that? I think people will say that about absolutely anything and everything I do for the rest of my life. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) I'm not worrying about it. Yeah. So the short answer is yes, right? People thought it. People thought everything was fake. People thought our separation was fake. People think our reconciliation is fake. People say we have a fake marriage, this, that, and the other. You know what? We now are together. I'd say we're apart, what? A week and a half, a month, maybe 10 days a month we're apart. Is that fair? Yeah. Should we show the receipts? Maximum. And when we're together, we are right now, we've just been traveling. So we are literally together 24-7 the other 20 whatever days per month. 
So uh, if it's fake, I'm really living in misery now, let me tell you. <laughs> Listen. So in season one, if we showed you our 12-month couples therapy bill, our individual yeah. therapy bills, you would say, something's happening in this year with these people. <laughs> holy shit, they're spending more than they're making, and it's all on therapy, and it's hot. like, holy shit, what is wrong with these people? Oh, let's put a reality show. Let's go put cameras in their face while both of these humans in our are on on fire after a 25 year marriage the timing of it all well like you said like a lot of people say this is fake that's fake but you know what it's not fake having a van pulled over by the feds i don't think you could fake that <laughs> i'm out i'm out david i'm out like, I'm you. Soon. nice Bye. meeting you <laughs> at least seth knows what he's like i'm not touching that one with a 10-foot pole <laughs> But I was going to say, like, did you just, he happened to just be there when I asked you if this statement on Watch What Happens Live, what was the meaning behind that? When you asked me, I, I don't think that, I don't think you have it in you, Meredith. No, I think you are too above getting in the weeds like that. That's my opinion based on the question you asked me. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny because you say to yourself, like, wow, let's say I really, let's say, and I, and I obviously I'm not the, the jury here. I have no idea, but let's say that I really had all this evidence like of these horrible things. What do you do? What do you do? I don't know. You tell me what you do. Well, that's the big question. And you know, I guess you'll have to watch and see. <laughs> but and real situation from the perspective of that's a dilemma for people you know and I think what it ends up speaking to is what kind of evidence you have you know if it's something that's real and you honestly believe that you know the elderly are being repeatedly defrauded I think human obligation is to do something about that but if it's, you know, little nuggets that don't really add up and you don't really know, then you probably should mind your own business, you know? And to your point, I mean, just being a lawyer, I don't know if I, I used to practice law, that's neither here nor there, but my mind goes to like, you get to a point where like, if you have certain evidence, you're like, I could implicate myself by not doing anything with this. I, I now know too much. And this is oh, sitting uh, in my backyard. Absolutely. Right. No, no, nobody wants to uh, be aiding and abetting, right? Do you, did you feel that, you know, like, well, I don't know if you're watching like Beverly Hills or, I mean, that's the whole thing with like Erica Jane and like Sutton, you know, went to a lawyer and now she's being chastised. She was chastised. I don't know if you're up on all that. Like any thoughts on, you know, yeah, I'm, going I'm through the first reunion episode of Beverly Hills. I'm a couple episodes behind. Um, you know, I think everybody has to do whatever they are comfortable with to protect themselves. And I don't, I, I think that that's fine. If that's what Sutton felt like she needed to do to feel comfortable moving forward, great. Who cares? What's the big deal? You know, so, it's for her own peace of mind to sleep at night. Great. So did you go to a lawyer in Salt Lake, Meredith? No, I did not go to a lawyer in Salt Lake. What do you think of the whole Erica Jane thing as you've watched this season with the rest of us? You know, it's a very different circumstance. Um, 
particularly because it, it all boils down to whether Erica had knowledge or not. And um, I have no clue. I, I certainly think it is very possible she did not. I can understand that definitely being the case, but I don't live in her house. I don't know, you know? Um, you know, if, if she did, that's horrible. But I, I, I think it's po very possible she did not. I can't say she didn't because I don't know. But I, I can get my head around her not knowing anything, absolutely. Like it, I could, you know, she married a man who was much older than her. He was immensely successful before they ever met. It, it could make sense to me that she was not counting any pennies. It sounds like he was kind of controlling too, you know? So she probably didn't have access to a lot of information. So it could easily make sense to me that she didn't have any knowledge. When you watch this scene that you weren't there, you know, when this whole day, I mean, we heard it around the world. Like, were you as drawn into this particular scene as we were, you know, like as the viewer? Cause you weren't there. You were kind of watching it as a viewer. Um, yeah, of course, because I was, I was not there and, you know, and I'm sort of like, wait, what you know and here's the thing too is when things are going on and you are not there you always hear everybody's side of the story of what unfolds and it's always just a little bit different you know everybody sort of just tells their side that's human nature you know that's what we do and so you're sort of listening to things unfold and so that that's what's really fun about this is you actually do get to see these moments that you've heard about you've heard you know a, several people tell a slightly different version of the facts uh, sometimes a wildly different version but in this case slightly um, and uh, and you get to see it unfold and take your own point of view on it you know what was it like? Cause like, this is another situation like there cause that it was unfolding in real time as you were filming. Like, was that, what was that like? I mean, again, second season, it's not necessarily what you expect. No, um, it's very intense to have something like that because, you know, usually when these uh, big life issues come up like this with people, you know, you kind of have a minute to digest it and um, kind of process your feelings on it. And you're seeing that, you know what I'm saying? You guys are seeing that. And that's usually a very private moment. Um, so, you know, I think everybody has to kind of go through their own process. And, and because we are all so different, we all do it differently. What about for you? I mean, like Erica and Jen are both still on the show. Like if this just, it's would never happen to you, I get it. But like, if this were half something of this magnitude in your life, like, would you stay on the show? You know, it's always easy to speak when you haven't stood in those shoes. And so my immediate answer would be no way, you know? Um, but I don't know until I stand in those shoes, you know, I would just be very afraid of, uh, something being used against me you know there's it's so easy I mean look when you're filmed 24 7 and suddenly something isn't adding up or whatever else and it can be tied back to something that can really change your whole life I, I'd be a little wary I'd be very very cautious I cannot imagine that any lawyer would advise 
their client that's involved in any type of legal proceedings for the most part, certainly not criminal, uh, to go on television, on reality TV. I can't imagine that would be the advice of any lawyer, but you know, each his own. what I would think too. What about- But I do understand, I do understand them wanting to tell their side of what happened. I mean, it does make sense to me. I get it. I just don't know if it's the best idea, but I get it. I definitely get it. I agree with all of that. What about, I mean, people have said the same about Erica. Like, do you think being in this situation, like Jen understands the magnitude? Look, we don't know if she's innocent or guilty, innocent until proven guilty, but like of the magnitude of the charges, you know, like she too has a social media presence that seems from where I'm sitting and other people, you know, rather carefree. Like, do you think she understands like the federal government is involved? Like, this is not a joke. I mean, I I don't know how she couldn't understand that. And, you know, Sharif is a lawyer. I mean, he practiced law prior to being uh, a, a coach. So she has someone explaining this like in her home to her. I mean, it's not like she's just going to these lawyers that she doesn't trust or whatever. So I would imagine she has to know, you know, I, I can't imagine she doesn't. Yeah, I just, I don't know, her social media, I'm just always shocked about. That's just me. Well, me too. (laughs) Have you thought of texting her and saying, Jen, get off social media? Uh, No, and I don't think that would do any good. I think that Jen does what Jen wants to do, you know? And And that's probably why if her lawyers did tell her, I'm not saying they did, I have no idea what they told her, but if they told her not to go on the show, I think she decided she wanted to because she wanted to tell her story. I'm assuming, I, you know, I don't really know. I'm not inside her brain, but that's what I would presume. Well, you don't have to give us any spoilers as we watch on this season. As we head into the reunion, anything that you are most nervous about addressing, anything you're most excited to address and bring up? Like, um, You know, for the most part, what you guys have seen so far, I don't really... There's not a lot that I'm going to go, that I'm so busy to address at reunion. I think that most of the, the circumstances that you've already seen have closure in the season if they haven't already had closure. Um, so my issues are more about what's to come later in the season that I'll be addressing at reunion. Which we've seen think, a few trailers. I think I have to wa- I have to watch it myself to really understand because, like I said, I don't know what happens when I'm not there until I watch it with you guys. You know, are Jen and Brooks in a good place? Like, regardless of like what's to happen coming, like just from what we've seen, you know, which seems to have been resolved up to that point. Yeah, I mean, Jen and Brooks. It's not, you know, it's not like. Brooks and Jen are like friends that go out and have cocktails on a <laughs> right. regular basis or anything. They're in a neutral space. I think they're both totally at peace with the situation and, and moving forward in life, you know? Um, I don't think they're going to go get, have martinis or anything like that, but, you know, I think it's fine. It's totally fine. I think for both of them, you know? What know about- Brooks is fine. He's moving on in life and he's happy and healthy and, you know, doing great. And I presume that Jen is moving on to from everything I've seen. Brooks is in New York at NYU. So I'm 
hoping he's not thinking about Jen Shaw <laughs> when he's living his New York City life and going out for his own martinis. Exactly. I wouldn't think so. What about like, as we wrap up a few final questions, what about Whitney on Watch What, on Watch what Happened said that, you know, Rihanna slips into her DMs and Rihanna said like, Heather and Whitney are great. Like, has anyone that we would think, you know, wow, that has slipped into your DMs? Any Rihanna's type slipping into your DMs and they're uh, telling you how much they love watching you? You know, I don't know. I get, I have a lot of people, maybe not quite at Rihanna level, but um, a lot of people say, you know, really nice things and that's nice. A lot of people say mean things, but usually when they DM you, it's unusual that you get the really mean ones DMing you unless you're like really in the hot spot you know then they love to dm you but um the last couple weeks for me has been a little calmer and more peaceful so that's been nice um but yeah you know i don't know i'd have to think about it i've I've had a lot of support from a lot of really great special people that are influential not not at rihanna's level necessarily but I didn't mean to just make them necessarily (laughs) at rihanna's level i mean it could be you know what about yeah. What about it, when this was all happening, like, and people were slipping into your DMs, were you just inundated with people wanting to know about Jen, like as you filmed and even now, like, is that when people reach out or is it more about like everything you've gone through, which now it seems like you're, it's passed on the show. Yeah. I mean, like in real time during Jen's arrest, things like that, I didn't, I didn't read my DMs. Like there are times I check out, you know, I'm, very far behind on my DMs. I'm sorry to everyone that has sent me a DM that I haven't responded to. Um, it's hard, you know, this is, this is, I, I, this is not my only job. I'm running a company and it's, I, this is, it's like having two or three full-time jobs and I've got a, a family and a whole life too, on top of it. Um, so, and sometimes it's just better for my mental health. And so when, when Jen was arrested, I don't want to get into it with anybody. It's not my place, you know? And so I just kind of checked out and I didn't really read most of it. I think I even spoke to you during that. And I'm like, I'm not going to bring up Jen Shaw. I mean, I would have liked to, but in what world are you going to say, okay, David, let me take a minute and tell you everything that's going on. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on now. So I don't know who would bring it up? What about how is Meredith Marks, the businesswoman doing? What's up with the business? I am completely slammed. Um, I have a a lot of things that we're working on, a lot of things that we're launching. um, And it's, it's intense, you know, we're really trying to build a full lifestyle brand, kind of one step at a time, because, you know, it's a lot. And uh, there are a lot of supply chain issues and, you know, I was, um, uh, I've been working on this coffee that I was hoping I would have by now. And I think we're probably honestly going to take a lot more time marketing it because we can get small quantities, but not really big ones yet. So we'll work with what we can. We'll send you some, um, you know, but I'm really trying to expand everything. We had started, you know, the spa collection with the robes. We're expanding into eye masks, slippers. We're going to have like the paper face masks. Um, we're, we're working on so many different things right now. It's really fun, you know, but and more apparel coming as well. Um, but it's, it's a lot of moving parts, a lot. 
Meredith Marks coffee, yes, please. I mean, there's nothing I like more than coffee. I'm from New York, so I mean, what else? I mean, right. I mean, I guess the show must be great for the business, though, like you said, right? Like COVID's a setback because of like supply chain issues, but like, no, the show yeah. must have. COVID was a setback on, on every level for, yes. for most businesses. Yes. For some people, it was fantastic business-wise, sad to say, but true. Um, but, you know, basically that was, it's sort of like we had a, a, a at least a probably six, nine month period where really it was hard to move anything forward. Um, but now, you know, things are, are going back and it takes a little time and that's okay. I don't, you know, I'm a, I have the rest of my life. I don't need to do it all tomorrow, but, um, I'm excited. I'm really excited about what's to come. I have a lot of great new products coming and they, they will all tie back full circle. The whole story will make sense. I promise. I know it sounds a little disjointed as I'm telling you now, but, um, it will all circle back. Listen, you've been open, you've shared a bunch, it all makes sense. I would just, we're, we're eagerly awaiting the rest of the season. Do you think, final two questions. One, how does Chloe like having made an appearance on the show? I mean, I know she's been on the show before, but she's featured more. Is she, are we going to be seeing more of Chloe and or Reed? Um, yeah. So Chloe, you know, um, our first season, she had basically filmed that one time and it was not the most positive experience as I think most of you all know. Um, so she kind of backed off after that. And uh, this year she, she stuck a toe in the water again and I think feels much better about everything. I mean, we had such a fun lunch with Heather and Ashley and Chloe and Ashley really do like each other and get along very well. And so that's really, really nice um, as well. And um, so, yeah, you'll see more of her. I mean, you know, she's in and out of town. So it's just a matter of when. Brooks too, though, he's, you know, in and out of town. So it's just like, you're here, you're here. Everybody is in and out of South as well. Um, but Reed is, you know, he, he works like crazy. I mean, that's just the world he's in right now. And he's just not around very much, you know, because he he doesn't have the time to um, travel and come back to Utah as much as the other kids. Yeah, another reason why you need to be in New York, you know. That's right. And final question, then, unless you want to share anything else, do you think the viewers are going to be satisfied with everything regarding Jen, like when the season is all said and done? I mean, barring the reunion, which I know you don't know about yet. Um, in terms of just her relationships or in turn of in terms of her like charges, like knowledge, you know, like everyone says, well, what have we really learned about Erica Jane? What have we really learned? We haven't learned anything. The reunions, you know, over, what have we learned? Like, do you feel like, even though it's changing every day, like the viewers are going to feel like, okay, we understand this case more. Um, I mean, again, I'm not there for everything and there's a lot that I don't see. So I'm not really sure. But given that there is a trial that is set for next March, I think it's going to be pretty hard for the viewers to really feel closure on it. It's just, I, I don't know which, and it, I, it's not even a knock on Jen. I don't know what she could say to give the viewers closure at this juncture. I don't think anybody True. could, you know? 
Um, it's just, there's a trial looming. So of course there are gonna be questions whether she, even if she had like the most black and white evidence, I, it would be hard with a trial looming for anyone to be like, oh, okay, great, you know? So I, I don't know how that's possible. That's a good point. And I'm just knowing this lovely audience of housewives, more is more. So in a way they're never gonna feel satisfied. I don't mean that, right? No, it's, you know what? That's the fun of housewives for the viewers is that there are questions, there are holes, there are two sides to the story. You know, there are things that don't make sense so that everyone can speculate. You know, it's not, housewives is not like, um, what is it when you could uh, go online and watch like the big brother cameras when they're not even airing? You like know, the live whatever. feeds, yeah, the live feeds. Yeah, it's not a live feed. It's snippets that you see that are put together that you're supposed to have questions about, you know? Things aren't supposed to be solved. What would be the fun and entertainment if you had all the answers immediately? You have to speculate a little bit. And that's what can be hard for us on the backside of that is like, maybe you don't know everything, but we have a pretty good idea. And sometimes you're like, they're all saying this about me. And I know that's not really what happened. And I'm not going to really answer you either because whoops, we just lost my light because that's part of the, you know, of the show. And that's, that's what we want. We want you to find entertainment through the speculation. I love it. I don't need all the answers. Is there anything else you would like to cover that I didn't bring up here today? I'd like to give people a chance at the end. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you doing this again. Of Kath, course, Kath, I love have to chatting come, with you. I love chatting with you. You'll have to come back every season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, you know, I think that uh, I, I think that the viewers will, will see everything unfold. They have to have a little bit of patience. I feel like people are getting very antsy and, you know, want to know everything right away. And it, it, it was a very, very intense winter for us. Like it was intense on so many levels and it, for everything to make sense. Like I know everyone's like, where's the arrest? Where's the arrest? Da, 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 da. You have to see all of it or nothing will make sense in the end, you know? And so I think have patience, have patience. That's a perfect place to end. Where can everyone find you online that would like to check everything out that you're doing? I am at Meredith Marks on Instagram and on Twitter. I mean, no, I'm at Meredith Mark Zero on Twitter. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Meredith Marks. And of course, MeredithMarks.com is my website. I love it. Again, I really appreciate this. Keep in touch. We can chat. We can keep in touch. But you're amazing. And I really, an hour of your time is amazing. So I really appreciate this. Oh, I love chatting with you. All right. I will see you soon. And tell Seth, thank you for saying hello. <laughs> he left, but I will let him know. <laughs> Listen, a bonus appearance by Mr. Meredith Marks. I am not going to argue with. Right. How sweet is he to bring me lunch? I love I'm that. jealous. I'm jealous. In the words of Lisa Barlow. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Keep in touch for real. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Mwah. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, 
subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.